for the past, present, and future of all animals. This is the Zookeeper's Voice with your host, Danny Jirasi. Hello, and welcome to the Zookeeper's Voice. I'm your host, Danny. And I'm her producer, Bill. Today we're going to be going a little bit off script than what we normally do on the Zookeeper's Voice. Hold up. I know. Hold up. Wait a minute. Um, Please so, check with your parents before listening to this episode. I think they'll be okay with okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so today what we're actually, actually going to be doing is we're going to rewind, take a look at all the interviews that we have had the privilege of having on our show and kind of recap everything. Sure. As well as we would like to kind of talk to you guys about where we want the zookeeper's voice to go and everything that we're going to have going forward into the future. Really excited to do uh to kind of recap what we've done so far here on the zookeeper's voice and you've done such a great job with all the interviews. It's been it's been pretty awesome to see. Awesome. I mean, I also think that we've gotten such a great response people who are yeah. so passionate about what they do. And I think it's so important to have those people who want to talk about what they do and are are passionate about it, who love it, and you know are in what they're doing for you know the past, present, and future of all animals. It's also really exciting too because Danny was showing me uh, we were going over some stats the other night from the podcast, and we looked at them and our listens are now in the four digits, <laughs> no longer in the three digits. They are in the four digits. Yeah. We are making it big time, baby. Hey, don't make fun. What do you mean? <laughs> And I get that's, a, that's that's super exciting. We're nine episodes. We have nine episodes in the bank, and we're breaking into the four digits already. So that's really good, huh? Yeah. Well, which is amazing because honestly, when I first started this, one of my things was, "Is anybody gonna listen except my mom?" Right. Like, hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> we love you. We love your mom. <laughs> we do. She's going to be so excited to hear that she got the yeah, shout out on this episode. Yeah. But that was one of the things I was like, my mom and, you know, my sisters and you are yeah. so supportive. The family support is one thing. But once you start getting listens from the outside world, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And to know that hopefully, you know, the interviews that people are hearing that they're learning they're either learning about new types of animals um ways to respect their environment or even just organizations that they can support is pretty amazing yeah for sure and it's funny because every day i come across organizations that i would love to have come on and talk about it um just talk about what they do um talk about how we can support them and i'm just still very very excited to to see where we go as we continue down this path of the zookeeper's voice same here and we're we're crossing into double digits for episodes now i mean we, we've got nine in the bank next one this one right now is number 10 that's crazy so it's, we're gonna recap the the previous nine and sort of tell everybody who may not have come aboard for episode one or two with patty from dallas dogger mm-hmm and or Tim Morrow from the San Antonio Zoo, right? Who are just coming in for maybe uh, Hazel, the orca trainer that we had on, right? You know, so we're going to kind of recap for here for episode ten what you may have missed and give you guys a kind of a reason to to go back and maybe check it out, and then hopefully every episode going forward. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into that. So I just pulled up our our iTunes. Um, 
our iTunes page. Okay. And the first person that we interviewed officially, aside from myself, was Patty Dawson of Dallas Dog Rescue Rehab and Reform. Way back on February 14th. (laughs) Valentine's Day. Yeah. We love Patty. (laughs) We do love Patty. And um, it's awesome to think back to that first episode because getting to talk to a dog rescue from my home state was a really great way to kick off this show. Absolutely. And I know that one thing that you mentioned was that you have been following along with Dallas Dogger since then. I liked the Facebook page after the interview because what she was talking about was super intriguing and I really wanted to follow along and see what kind of help they were giving to these dogs that were brought into the shelter. And, you know, it's been really kind of nuts to see what goes on. And a lot of the things that they post about are almost so shocking that they yeah. don't look real. There was a post that I didn't I didn't even look at it, but you were telling me the other night. Just last night, yeah. That you were saying something was with the intestines or something like that with the, with the dog and I felt just so bad I didn't even, almost didn't want to look at it. So, yeah, so they had had a dog that they actually it wasn't a dog off the street from my understanding, it was a dog that just they pulled from the shelter. So this dog was in a shelter with his intestines out. Oh. And they Dallas Dogger was able to step in, get it the care that it needed, and I believe that dog had their surgery today. That's awesome. And should be having a second surgery because they, in the hopes that um, they can remove some different parts that, um, like they had to cut the surgery a little shorter. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, things like that, that there are organizations that might, you know, just euthanize an animal or not give that animal a chance getting a happy life because they don't know where they came from before. Right. Um, I love that. And that's just one example that Dallas Dogger is one um, rescue that is, you know, down and fighting the war that, you know, that it seems to be on the streets of Dallas. And yeah. it's so, it, it that's how it is down south. It's so wild to me because you used to tell me about how you would take Simba for a walk and there'd just be stray dogs just kind of hanging it's out. so and scary. Walking around. Where up here in New England, I've literally never seen that. You may see like a stray cat here and there and it might be somebody's outdoor cat. But you you never see just random dogs just walking amongst the streets and aggressive dogs that might come up to you while you're taking a walk. I just don't see that at all. Right. And a lot of times, like, the strays are just curious and want to say hi. But still, you are you don't know that. Yeah, right. And, um, I mean, that's even stuck with me because the other day, like I told you, we had somebody whose dog was on a leash was, like, barking at Simba. And I tried to get him out of the way. And I ended up tripping and falling. Right. And I had just... I got a little overwhelmed mm-hmm. in that moment, but I know that's because um, it's been, it's really hard for me to um, like, I'm always on alert. And so I know the way it is down South. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I can only imagine the battles that they fight day in and day out. All I see are the posts on Facebook. Right. And There's got to be so much more than that, too. I, I wish I could donate more. Yeah. And um, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really grateful that we got to have her come on and talk about what they do. And I thought that was a great episode For to sure. kick off the Zookeeper's Voice. 
Absolutely. Um, do you want to move on to the second episode? Yeah, let's move on to the second episode. Yeah, so way back in the way back time machine, we went back to February 28th, and we had the CEO of the San Antonio Zoo, Tim Morrow. Tim Morrow. His interview was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It made me want to go to the zoo that day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm not even like diehard zoo person, but you af- after talking to Tim and he wanted us to come down and visit, I want to go tomorrow. Right. And one thing that I I love about um, just knowing Tim Morrow and watching him work and um, seeing what he's done with the San Antonio Zoo is not only how passionate about it he is, but how many different things he's bringing to the zoo since he's been there and all the plans he has. What was it? He, I think he said for, I'm not going to give a number, but like for a long time yeah, right. into the future. Right. And his, his interview also, I didn't realize how basically everything fun in San Antonio, Tim Morrow basically had his hands in. Yeah. So it's really quite impressive. Yeah. If, if I feel like if we looked at his resume, like anybody he went up against for basically anything, it's like, no, how do you even compete with that? Yeah, right. But everything he's also done has been awesome, awesome things that he's passionate about and wonderful causes. He's a smart man. Yeah, he is a smart man. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and proud to say that he's the CEO of my hometown zoo. And he's a personal friend. Yeah, he's a personal friend. And, I know we haven't been able to get down there since we had our interview with him. But one thing that I really, really look forward to is getting to go back down to San Antonio with you. Yeah. And getting to, you know, see him again. I haven't gotten to really, um, you know, see all the changes he's made. But now that we're doing the zookeeper's voice, getting to take a look around and, you know, hopefully getting to meet up with Tim, maybe get some authentic Mexican food. Or oh, yes. <laughs> yes, please. Or honestly, Tim, if you're listening, let us know what you want. We're down for it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But we definitely miss it. I definitely want to check Mexican. out that, that new deck that they have, too. I definitely want to go oh, to that. Yes. That looks amazing. Everything I've seen about that rhino exhibit. Yeah. I'm so jealous that I am not able to see that in person right. yet. So... I'm just so looking forward to all the other things that Tim continues to bring to the San Antonio Zoo. For sure. All right, so episode four on March 14th featured a very, very unique guest. Yeah. One that we hadn't had the likes of before. Right. And that was Dylan Damoth, the co-president and director of Urban Arc Conservation. Yeah. And the fact that he came to us and everything he talked about... I felt like I had no idea. Right, and that's what I was trying to get across there. <clears throat> and he is such an intelligent guy, very, too. Like I, f- I feel like he was he was telling us what he was going to school for, and I was just like, I, I could never do that. Um, but also, he's so, so well-informed and educated about all of the different species, subspecies, um, that he works with yep. and even keeping up with them on social media. Um, they're just constantly moving forward. And I really have enjoyed just learning things that I didn't know much about before, even just from following their social media. Right. Um, and one thing that I think that Dylan brought to the table that we haven't had yet, and who knows, maybe we'll have other people like this, 
but they had um they had their organization begun by a military veteran and that they wanted to focus on PTSD right and <clears throat> and on mental health and the thing is we're living in a time where we really do need to focus on that and take mental health so seriously and if there's anything that I personally believe when I am upset, sad, just need, you know, just want to enjoy myself. Being around animals always helps me. And to think that a military veteran has started an organization specifically to get others like him that help in that kind of form is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, I think it's it's a, a step that a lot of places would do really well with in having therapy or um, different treatment in the form of like fresh air, animals, um, getting your hands dirty. And maybe it's not for everybody, but... Just get I, your mind off of everything else. Yeah, just reconnecting with nature. Right. And also, you know, helping to save species and... It's all good things. For sure. So. For sure. Uh, and then uh, two weeks later, we uh, we had probably our most emotional episode to date. Yes. And uh, it was episode five featuring Dr. John Robb, who is the founder of Protect the Pets. And that was in Connecticut. Yes, it was in Connecticut. And actually, one of the things that we wanted to tell our listeners about was, I would say, about a month ago, beginning of May. Yeah. We got the opportunity to go to Connecticut and go meet Dr. Rob. <laughs> we got the opportunity. Uh, we made an appointment to meet <laughs> Dr. Rob. <laughs> and then I got in my car and drove a he, long way. Bill is wonderful. A long way. He, he, Bill is wonderful. A long way. So we met Dr. Rob. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, when we went to Connecticut, we paid attention to the man behind the curtain. What else? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so we went to Connecticut and one of the things that we got to do was, um, meet Dr. Rob and he did a very thorough exam of our dog Simba. He did. And he's much taller than <laughs> Right. I noticed that too. As soon as I walked in. I'd only in, seen the courtroom video, and then I had seen uh, him on screen briefly when we were doing the interview. Right. So I hadn't seen him stand up. I didn't realize he was like eight feet tall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we say that out of love, Dr. Rob. Um, <laughs> but he, for somebody who personally is five feet tall, when he walked in, I was <laughs> like, oh my goodness, he's yes. a very tall man. Very. And, and he loves all the animals. I've got 10 inches on you, and he had probably eight to 10 inches on me. Right. He's... And... Uh, We'll have to share these photos and yeah, stuff over sure. the next couple weeks um, until our next interview. We're going to kind of backpedal and share some of some of the photos that we've gotten. For but, sure. But what a pleasure. Oh, he was so wonderful. And I think one thing that I know at first I freaked out about, but he felt his knees. Yeah, yeah. And felt a little bit of arthritis in Simba's knees. And... One of the things that we have been doing recently is seeing every vet ever uh -huh. is what it feels like. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, nobody's mentioned anything about that. Nobody's even felt it. Giving our insurance a run for their money. I know. 
But the thing is, he is not only fighting to protect the pets and putting passion and love over profits, but he literally has so much just experience that he was able to feel under his fingertips that Simba had a tiny bit of arthritis. Yeah. And he even said, I've just done so many of these surgeries. I can just tell. I can just feel it. You should just put him on a supplement. I don't need an x-ray. I can just feel it. Yeah, I can I'm feel so it. I'm so damn good at this. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he said if we did want to, you know, really look into the knee, we could, but just to put him on a supplement. Yeah. But that was mind-blowing to think that he was just able to, you know, look at him and be able to feel that and... Like I said, we've just seen so many vets recently mm-hmm. that you would think that somebody would have caught it, but nope, he's the he's the goat, apparently. He's yeah. the goat of the vet. Seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and one thing that we did while we were there is they did a rabies titer. Mm-hmm. And the rabies titer came back. And for those of you who have been following along, a rabies titer is when they take blood and they test the antibodies in the blood to see if the animal is protected. Specifically, a rabies anti- uh, titer would check the antibodies for rabies. And we have actually done this for any vaccine that a veterinarian would deem necessary or important. And what actually came back was even though Simba has only had three rabies vaccinations in his life in seven years, that it he most likely should never need another rabies vaccination again for the rest of his life. It's pretty, It's pretty wild to think about the fact that he is all but immune, but you know it's still recommended that he gets these, this rabies shot every year. Right. Legally, he needs it every one to three years, depending right. on the state. So we are still kind of navigating all of that, but getting to go to Dr. Rob and talking to him and learning from him and really getting a decently clean bill of health for Simba, especially after everything we've been going through was amazing. And on top of that, you know, Dr. Rob said, you can't prove it, but he does think that vaccinosis was one of the reasons that we've been going through what we've been going through. Right. And so the lime and the lepto. Yeah. The lime and the lepto. And like he said, there's no like, test for it but like just the fact that luckily he has been improving since we're kind of coming up to him yeah since we're coming up to him needing another Lyme vaccination um and in theory the it's all leaving his system Mm -hmm. his symptoms are going away right so um for those of you who are listening and are wondering if we are going to get that vaccination i can tell you that the answer is no (laughs) We do not want to do that again. And even though for some dogs, they may react perfectly to it. It's protecting them. Our dog just cannot handle it. Um, and, and again, oh, go ahead. And to be clear, we're not anti-vax. I'm literally about to say We're that. not anti-vax. We just don't need, we don't want the excessiveness. Right. Of the vaccinations. Right. In our dog. And one thing that we completely agree with on Dr. Rob and we support him and hope that he is able to keep spreading the message to continue to save more lives is that we need to vaccinate when our animals need it and not every animal needs it when necessarily when they're scheduled. Right. Um, 
And I just, I really, really hope and pray that the message that Dr. John Robb is trying to continue to push, continue to put out there, that it is going to continue to be well-received and that I really hope to see laws change further down the line. So, you know, all we can do is support the cause and love love our animals. Go follow Protect the Pets and see what he's all about. Absolutely. So let's see, where did we... Yeah, so fast forward a little bit to April 12th, and we had uh, the owner and president of Zoo Imagination was Robert Trejo. Bobby O. Bobby O. Um, he was an awesome interview. Yes, he was. And Such a cool little thing he's got going on there. Yeah, and he's another one that I hope that when we go down to San Antonio, we can kind of catch up with. Yeah. Maybe meet... I would love to meet some of these people. It'd be would, awesome. You know, it'd be really cool. What's that? If we could meet a sloth. Okay, I was going to say, if you're going to say snake, I was going to say, oh, hell no. <laughs> I, you know, nope. snakes, snakes are just misunderstood. Mm, I don't care. All right. Well, here's the thing. It's my biggest bugaboo. I know it is. But here's the thing. Trust Bo- in me. Trust in me. All right, I'm done. <laughs> so, Bobbio, what he's trying to do is... Help people to understand animals that people have bugaboos about, like snakes. Mm. And even though you don't want to snuggle up with one, Hell like no. you do with our little furry friend Simba, um, understanding and being respectful of them and their environment, whether they are, um, you know, a companion animal, a pet, or we're sharing their environment with them, is really, really important. The other thing is I liked hearing about the rodeo. Oh, yeah. I love the San Antonio Zoo Imagination rodeo. performed at the rodeo, right? Yeah. They uh, they actually have kind of like a little area, kind of like a booth. Okay. And then they bring out different animals and talk about them. Mm. So um, animals that <clears throat> some might consider creepy, crawly at some point. And so education is just so important. And again, just like um, those we've talked about already and the rest that we're going to talk about there are so many good messages in these interviews and just so many awesome things to be learning absolutely all right so who we got next uh episode seven was on april 26th and it gave us arguably my (laughs) my most favorite (laughs) soundbite we've gotten out of any episode that we that we've done so far, and that was Shannon Dingy Kramer, the founder of Birds and Beaks Rescue and Rehab, and uh, where she graciously gave us the clip of her bird saying, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, what a fun interview!" Oh, it was awesome. Um, the birds in the background too, just talking. Yeah, ambiance, yeah, ambiance. Um, and I I keep up with all of our interviews. Um, the people that we've interviewed on Facebook, social media, Instagram, all that good stuff. And one of the things that I feel like I've taken away since we got to interview with her is not only is the job that she does so important because these birds need homes that they can be in for such a long time. They live for so long. Yeah, and they need so much care. Like They, they outlive their owners. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. She said, what, 80, 90 years, some of them? It can be. That's insane. And one of the things that I think a lot of people may not appreciate or they get upset because maybe they're not good fits is she has to deal with the people 
who want birds and maybe would not be a good fit for the birds that she's trying to find homes for. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think that takes a lot to be able to tell people no yeah, and to be able to stand up for the betterment of the animals in your care. Absolutely. Especially when you're working basically out of your own home. Mm-hmm. So I really think that she also has done a great job. She has had a vet on her um, Facebook live streams and being able to continue to help spread you know, education and awareness to those who own birds and maybe don't have the best, maybe veterinary care in their area where they live. Maybe they just don't live anywhere close to a good bird vet or, um, you know, they're just trying to learn more to give their animals the best care they can. She's doing an amazing job, not just to help the, the birds who are in her care, but also to be able to help anybody who's looking to improve the lives of their animals right right so i i really appreciated that and i loved hearing from her i mean she's she's a bird lady and she uh she's wonderful at it uh our next episode was just uh about a month ago or so and um it was actually pretty close to your your heart uh, previously working at SeaWorld. Uh, we yes. had Hazel McBride, the killer whale trainer from Marineland over in France, uh, was on uh, back on May 10th. That was pretty awesome. Her, I loved talking to Hazel. Yeah. And, and her book was incredible too. I feel like when we were doing that interview, I literally had to be pumping the brakes to not be like, tell me everything yeah, about everything. Out over and the, tell <laughs> over me, the orcas. I read your book. Tell me more, please, about everything. And... I just know that this was going off in your head the entire time. <laughs> this was totally me. What was that, Hazel? <laughs> I really loved what you said there. That was awesome. I have the orchid music going off in my head the entire time. I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> uh, I mean... You know, sometimes I feel there are some days that this music is just constantly in my head. <laughs> yes. Um, it's great music. It is great music. It's so it's so very SeaWorld. <laughs> but, um, you know, she fell in love with going to SeaWorld, but even though she didn't work currently for SeaWorld, I loved hearing what she had to say about really being honest yes. about the what it's like to be a killer whale trainer in a post blackfish world. Mm -hmm. And great insight. And one thing that I know that you've heard me get pretty heated about is how ridiculous and biased and unfair that, and you can't even call it a documentary was. Yeah. It's a propaganda piece. Right. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but it has made those who want to care for these animals and spend their entire lives, sacrifice their bodies, their joints, their times like Christmas, different holidays, that they need to be with their animals. Mm -hmm. And without a doubt, not just you know, a killer whale trainer, but anybody who works with animals, they give their entire lives to that. Absolutely. 
And it's not easy right now. And I really think that when Hazel talked about, both on our show and in our book, or in her book, that everyone, everything we're arguing about, we are all going for the same thing. We all want what's best for the animals. We all want them to be well taken care of. And if we all stopped and really talked about it and stopped pointing finger fingers and arguing it with each other, that we would see that we all are on the same page and want the same thing. And I think that really resonated with me because, I mean, it's true. It's just so true that we all need to get on the same page for the future of the animals in our care and their counterparts out in the their natural environment. And that's the biggest reason why we wanted to start this show. Yeah. It was to bring that awareness to people who may not know. Yeah. And, you know, I am excited to continue to be that platform. And you're right. This interview was close to my heart. And as soon as I saw Hazel had come out with the, that book, I wanted to reach out and say, come talk about it sure. on here. Because right. this is one of the reasons we're doing it. Like open, honest, and just real. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. It was very, it was very cool to sit back and watch you two interact. Was was one of my favorite parts of that episode. Was you know, something you've always been passionate about, Mm -hmm. and it's an interview, an interview that aside from reading the book, you didn't even really have to prep for. Yeah, you know, it was just (laughs) you, you two just kind of talking off the cuff, and it was it was really amazing to watch. It was great chemistry. Well, I'm, I love talking to her and. It's funny because when you say that, when you start watching killer whales when you're two years old and from there on you get to be around them, you know, even if I, for me, it wasn't in a training capacity, but I got to be around them in all sorts of different capacity, whether it was as a guest or as an educator or just as, you know, getting to work with them. I, I have the utmost respect for those who work with those animals mm-hmm. and you're right i am very passionate about that and i'm i'm very glad that we got to have that interview interview and we got to go international yeah that was pretty cool yeah, zookeepers always went overseas for that one whoop whoop in our first year second continent all right oh, yeah <laughs> you still got four more to go to reach me <laughs> okay well <laughs> we still gotta get those penguins though you, you might get the penguins before us mm, challenge accepted <laughs> all right and so our our uh, our most recent episode that has been released was on may 23rd and it was a very very interesting listen and it was Ramon Castellanos from the Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary. Yeah. Um, that was an interview that I was not sure. Wh- <laughs> I remember going into this and sitting down with you and being like, I don't know anything about a wolf sanctuary. No, yeah, God, no. If you don't know anything about it, I definitely don't. Well, and I don't know if I've ever been around anybody who even worked with wolves or contemplating owning one yeah that that for sure i don't think i did but i mean i really think that part of the zookeeper's voice is so much of what we're learning um that there's such a necessity for things that i don't think about on the daily right and the fact that the need for a wolf sanctuary is out there and he said they're not the only ones. 
Um, there are other sanctuaries out there for wolves, wolf hybrids, all that good stuff. And that it's not slowing down. I think the craziest part about that interview to me was that, you know, when I, whenever I think of wolves, I sort of think about like the woods and the cold and snow, but the places there that we were talking about with, with Ramon, we're in the Southwest Massachusetts, uh, Southwest America. Yeah. It, I, I can't, I can't fathom that, but I mean, the climate was just, it blew my mind that like, that's where the wolf sanctuary was. It wasn't in like a cold weather climate. Right. And I think another thing is just knowing that I've gotten the privilege to work in the animal field for, you know, quite a, quite a while. Long time. And I think that I don't know if I will ever stop learning. Yeah. And I think that that is the coolest part about learning and working and being passionate about animals and this project that we're doing. Right. And the diversity of the guests that we've had so far is just such different realms. Absolutely. It's been, it's been really cool. Yeah. And I really enjoyed learning about the pack down in New Mexico. Yeah, for sure. So I, you know, I'm just excited to see what other interviews that we are able to get continuing forward. So one of the things that I know that we've been discussing and we kind of wanted to talk about on the show today was that we have been discussing where we are going as a show Mm -hmm. and where we want to be. And one thing that I'm realizing is the zookeeper's voice is going to be evolving into what we hope it will be, but I don't know if we know what that is just yet. Sure, yeah. And if there's one thing, if there's one thing that I want this show to be is to continue to be a positive platform for all people who work with animals to be able to come on and talk about what they do, what they're passionate about, what they dedicate their lives to, and to be able to have that platform, not just to share what they do, but to be able to educate people who may not understand, to be able to educate people who want to learn from someone like them, and they may not get the chance to without a place like the Zookeeper's Voice. Mm -hmm. And I really would like to continue seeing the Zookeeper's Voice grow and expand and become a positive platform for those who need it. And I just, I'm excited to see where we go. Yes. I'm excited to see what's around the corner. Yeah. And we have been in talks with a lot of different people, places, both in and out of the United States, mm-hmm. all over the United States. Um, and one thing that I've gotten the question about quite a few times is, can I be an interview on the zookeeper's voice? And the answer to that is absolutely. overwhelming yes. Please, um, if you are working with animals, if you have, um, you know, things that you want to share and education that you would like to have a platform for, please reach out to us. We, this is as much for you guys and 
uh, as it as it is for us but it's not just for people who want to learn it's for those of you who may be listening and work with animals and think that well i'm not the one she's talking about yes you are (laughs) i want you guys to know that if you think you would like to be an interview on the zookeeper's voice i ask you to please reach out see if you would uh, be a good fit to come on and be an interview with us. The other thing is if you're listening and you don't work with animals, but there is some place or someone that you would love to hear um, to be interviewed, please let us know. We are taking requests (laughs) and we are constantly just trying to, you know, have a diverse group of interviews to continue to grow and, for you guys to continue to have to be able to listen to. Perfectly said. Come on down. Come on Join down. Join the fun. Join the fun. The more the merrier. Oh, yeah. And so if you do, um, if you are trying to figure out if either you want to be an interview or if there's something that you want to hear about or from, make sure you send us an email at thezookeepersvoice at gmail.com. Again, that's at thezookeepersvoice at gmail.com. Even if it's just an email to say, hey, I would like to hear from my local zoo. Can you reach out to them? Because we're going to try. And another thing that's super, super important that you guys can do to support our cause is to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Absolutely. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a review. Let us know what you think of Danny's discussions with all these amazing guests. And that goes a long way, and it pushes us up the iTunes charts and gets us more listens, and hopefully will help grow the show. And tell your friends and family. Yes. Um, you know, we're, we're still just at the beginning of our journey, and, you know, your support means so, so much to us. And, you know, we want to find more people like you, you, the listener, more people who want that positive platform mm-hmm. in this world that sometimes tends to be a little bit negative. And we know you're out there. We know so you are out there. make yourself known. Come to us. Yes. We love you. We, we do love you. Well, you got anything else to I, add in, Bill? I don't think so. I've just really, really enjoyed seeing the growth from episode one through episode 10 today. And, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to 11 through 20 and 101 through 110. Yeah. You know, um, it's been, it's been a pleasure helping you out with this venture. And I only am really passionate about doing it as at the level that I am because you are so passionate about this and I want it to succeed because I want you to succeed. Mm. So I'm really excited to see where this goes in the future. I'm excited to do this with you. Heck yeah. And um, aside from that, I think we're ready to wrap up. Yeah, I think so. All right. Again, guys, please make sure you rate and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And be sure to stay up to date with all the happenings here at The Zookeeper's Voice on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and thezookeepersvoice.com. For the past present and future of all animals this has been the zookeeper's voice we'll see you next time